A reading from the book of Luke. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Be on guard so, so that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth, Be alert at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. The word of the Lord. Please be seated. Come gather around people wherever you roam And admit that the waters around you have grown And accept it that soon you'll be drenched to the bone If your time to you is worth saving Then you better start swimming or you'll sink like a stone For the times they are a-changing times they're changing do you agree with that I think Bob Dylan wrote that in 64 when times really were changing I've asked my dad and my mom you know I'm 40 which I know for a lot of Peachtree people seems young but uh, 40 is proper adult so don't judge me I asked my mom and dad I said does 2020 2021 feel like 68 to you feels like we're living in changing times Hmm. Well, friends, I hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, We did, and we still are, and I hope that you still are. There's much to be grateful for. Today is the first day of the Christian calendar. It's the first Sunday of Advent. We're beginning a sermon series called Advent and Songs You Know. Next week, I don't have to preach. We're going to have Handel's Messiah performed here at the 11 o'clock, and many of you know those songs. But over the coming weeks, Each sermon is going to be accompanied by a different important song in the American music repertory. Today, it's all about the times. They are a-changing. Change can be exciting. It can also be terrifying. Someone once said, all change is loss and loss is to be mourned. So sometimes change hurts emotionally. It's because of that I want us to take a moment to breathe. I'm going to ask you to take a deep breath in, fill your lungs, and then exhale 
all the air out of your lungs. Just get them out, get it out. And then when you breathe in once more, you'll feel that you're breathing in the breath of God and then we'll pray. So take a deep breath in. Exhale. Breathe in the breath of God. God, we have great need of you right now in this very moment. You and I know that without you, I can do nothing. So I ask that your spirit be present here in this place and with whomever can hear my voice digitally or in a recording all around the world. Let your spirit fall on us that we might have understanding for your faith and your ways. God, we are so thankful today. We're so thankful for the life that we have and the life that you're remaking in us. Help us to see how the times they are changing and how we might change with you. That this world might change because of our work in it. It's in your son's name we pray and God's people together say, Amen. What do you think of when you hear the word apocalypse? Hmm. A lot of times people think of the apocalypse and they think about the end of all things. Oftentimes films, books, television shows talk about the end of everything in terms of that word apocalypse. And I have to say, as a theological nerd, that annoys the mess out of me. It's just like watching something that's trying to be spooky and it talks about that final book in the Bible. What's it called? Revelation. Not revelations with an S. I always get mad at filmmakers and authors when they add the S there. It shows that they really didn't do their homework. The apocalypse. Sounds big, bad, and scary. But let me submit to you, it's not. Well, on the surface, it's not. You see, the word apocalypse is kind of a Greek word of origin, and it means what the Latin word means what the Latin word for it means is revelation. So that last book of the Bible is actually called the Apocalypse of St. John, and then the Latin came and we called it the book of Revelation or the Revelation of St. John. And, and what it means is what the title says. There's an unveiling of meaning. There's an entire literature in the Bible called the apocalyptic genre. We don't use it a lot today. The closest that I see of it, and I've told you this before, is in Don McLean's famous song, American Pie. Bye, bye, Miss American Pie. Drove my Chevy to the levee and the levee was dry. And good old boys drinking whiskey and rye sing, this will be the day that I die. Now let me ask you this question. Is that song about Chevys? Is it about levees? Is it about good old boys? drinking various kinds of whiskey? No. Quite famously, Don McLean wrote that song on a memory when he was delivering papers as a boy and he saw the headline that Jimmy Valens, the big bopper, and Buddy Holly died in a plane crash. But really, it's not even about that, is it? It's a song about coming of age, losing innocence. 
And, and he uses all these images, these Americana sort of images from his life and experience to evoke feelings and meanings. And that's what good apocalyptic literature does. It unveils deep, deep truths with symbols and signs. And in the Bible, if you go to Daniel or Ezekiel or Revelation, a lot of the images are politically charged. So, an apocalypse is about an unveiling of truth. It's also about the end of something, of an age, and the beginning of another age. You could sing with Bob Dylan about an apocalypse. The times, they are a-changing. Why on earth, on the first Sunday of Advent, am I talking to you about an apocalypse. Well, the text that we've been asked to read by the people who construct this fancy thing called the lectionary gives us weekly texts. It is an apocalyptic text. I, I know an Advent in America, we, we've just kind of glossed over its meaning. We, we think this is just Christmas time. It's time for terrible Hallmark movies and cookies, and we're all allowed to get a little fatter and you can wear sweaters and that's great and there's a tree and lights it's warm and you get that great huga feeling have you heard that word huga now the scandinavian word it means cozy and we look to this window this window right here is the ultimate thing we think about we're waiting for christmas eve as a church to gather and this window will be more lit than any other windows on christmas eve night this is the great nativity window where Mary and Joseph are over the Christ child. And we remember that God is with us. We remember that God has come to be us. That God suffered all the indignities of mammalian birth. And not only that, he was raised by peasants in some backwater town. He took on our humanity at the lowest possible state. And that's a nice message. Actually, I'm being sarcastic. It's not a nice message. It's, it's the only message. But we, we like it to be sentimental, and we like it to be nice. There's nothing worse than a gospel that's been made nice, or more idolatrous, by the way. But I, getting off my point, why would I be talking about something so late in the gospel as this passage is when we're thinking about that? Well, what's going on in the text that was read? It's a confusing text. People have tripped over this text and texts like it in other Gospels for a millennia. In this text, we read about Jesus saying things that are confusing. There's at least two things happening. One, as he stands with his disciples, they're looking at the temple. This is towards the end of Jesus' earthly life and ministry in the gospel. And he talks about this temple, the household of God, where God is going to live amidst the people, where the people of God gather for religious worship, where they gather to find forgiveness for their sins, where the people come to be instructed in the ways of God, and God somehow lives in the center of this. And Jesus looks upon this magnificent place, this edifice, and says, that's going to all be torn down soon. 
And the people, the disciples, they want to know, well, when's that going to happen? That, that's alarming news, by the way. And he tells them a very convoluted answer. He basically talks about the destruction of the temple, which we know would come now in history in AD 70 by Nero and the Romans. They'll come in, they're going to tear down that temple. But he also talks about the Son of Man's coming. It sounds like he's talking about two things, the destruction of a temple and his second coming, although I'm convinced they have no idea what he's talking about. He's still alive. They didn't expect him to die. But he tells them to be ready, to keep their eyes open and their ears open, to pay attention to the signs of the times. I think Jesus was a pretty practical rabbi. He's talking to people he dearly loves. He wants them to know that calamity is about to befall them in just a few years' time. And sure enough, Rome would come in and slaughter people, and they would tear down a temple. And they need to know that if you hear it coming, if you see it coming, get out of Dodge. But you can only get out of Dodge if you're prepared if you're anticipating, if you have your eyes wide open and your ears wide open. And I think the, th the same thing can be said for Christ's second coming, for any Christian disciple. Wouldn't you rather be ready for Jesus' return than not? When Christ comes, wouldn't you rather Christ find you busy doing Christ's work rather than doing something deleterious to Christ's work? One has to be ready one has to be on the lookout because the times, they are a-changing. Why are we reading an apocalyptic text like that on Advent? These two ideas put side by side seem to be a bit of a paradox. Let me assert to you that, the, and sometimes in the most wonderful way. It's in paradox when we learn the deepest truths. You see, I, I think it's helpful for us. Because when we note that the times are changing, when we note that one age is coming to an end, when we see the revelation of the world, when its cracks are laid bare, and what we look at, we're not happy with what we see, it can feel like we're drowning just treading water and sinking into the sunken place, like we're in the upside down. But then we remember Advent, the coming of God in our midst. We remember the nativity. We remember that God is Emmanuel, God with us. And that's something of a buoy that we can hang on to and keep ourselves afloat with when everything else in the water is tipsy-turvy, turning you over. Let me cut to the chase. I've said it once here in the past two years. I'm going to say it a second time, and you can quote me. You're living in an apocalypse. These are apocalyptic times. COVID, racial unrest, Strife in the streets, rising crime rates, political polarization, climate issues. I can go on and on, so can you. 
doesn't take much to do so. They reveal a lot about our world, these things. They show us the cracks and fissures in our society. Certainly this period of time we are living in, hopefully getting through, pray God, has shown what you really think about science or what you really think about personal choice. It's shown what you think about racial relationships and systems. It shows what you think about people with other political points of view. And I keep saying you, I mean us, right? It, sh it shows us what we really think. It shows what pressure will do to us. And I'm, you know, not perfect. So I don't want to sound like I'm judging things from some high lofty position. I just want to say my opinion here is that the bright light shown on our world these past two years has shown me nothing but cracks and wounds and fissures and pain. We're living in an apocalypse. And it's not just because of what it reveals, it's because it's, it's the end of one kind of era and the beginning of another. One of the things that frustrates me most is when people say, we're going to get back to normal. No, we're not. That's not happening anymore. There is no going back after this. There's only going forward, and then the other phrase I hate because it's just so weird, the new normal, that just terrifies people. That just terrifies people. But the point is that we're going to go through this and life will be changed. I'm rehearsing this out loud right now and I'm, I'm wearing myself out. I don't know where you are mentally with it all. But I know that this has been hard for everybody, this era. And this has been painful and it's been annoying, right? And maddening. And it can feel like we're out of control. That's why people are acting out. Because they don't feel like they have control over their lives. We're living in an apocalypse. But we come to church this Sunday, the first Sunday of Advent, and remember something more profound. Yes, the times they are changing. And that can be hard and it can be exciting. It can be a lot of things. It can displace us. Even though the times are changing, we still follow a God who decides to come be with us and as us. Who takes on our plight. Who knows your pain. We still follow a God who took you on and takes me on. And somehow is okay with that. There's a lot to hang on to in that story. Times there are changing. It's going to be okay. Because we serve a God who's not changing. We serve a God who's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the sameness of God that I'm talking about is that God radically loves you and God will walk with you and God in fact is walking with you even though the times keep changing so as we journey together through Advent even remembering songs that we know know that God is here even when the times are changing even when we're living in an apocalypse God is here. God is with you. 
And God is not silent. Have a contemplative Advent.